From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we start in the land with a look at the Cavs at the break and the early days of spring with the Guardians. On the road, we look around on our first post-NFL weekend to see what's going on in the NBA, baseball, golf, and spring professional football. Off the field, we dive into tech and chat with ChatGPT. I am joined tonight by two of the best ever. My co-hosts, Phil Denko and Chuck Rambaldo are here. Fellas, how was your first non-NFL Sunday since September? Oh, man, it was really nice. Really, really nice. I, I enjoyed it. I, I woke up this morning, watched some some television, kind of eased into my Sunday. That was exhausting, so I think after that I took a nap. and then uh, eventually i got out and did some stuff uh prepared for the week it was wonderful it was a little more action-packed with these kitties did some driving around so they would both nap so if you haven't seen the outer parts of erie i have the past couple days (laughs) driving them around Uh, but ultimately i got a lot more done in that like one to seven block where i'm usually watching parts of games I would like to say I got a lot of things done, but I ended up watching golf almost all day. Uh, but at least nothing ruined my Sunday. Uh, that was nice. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Looking forward to many, many more before next fall. Why don't we go ahead? We'll get started at home. Start with our sip of wine and gold, our weekly Cavs recap. In a short week before the All-Star break, the Cavs beat up on the Spurs Monday night, then held on to a little pride by cutting a 30-point deficit to four before losing to the 76ers. The biggest loss of the week, especially for fans, however, may be the loss of Kevin Love. Bought out by the Cavs this weekend and no longer a member of this team for the first time in almost a decade. Cavs at the break, 38-23, fourth in the East. Scale of one to five, one being Sutter home White Zinfandel, Like someone took a box of Franzia and dumped an entire bag of sugar into it. (laughs) Cheers to diabetes. Five being home run red from Klingshern Winery in Avon. How would you rate the Cavs last week? We give it a three and a half or a 3.75. I mean, they they beat the team. They should have. And then, I mean, they lost to the Sixers, which I thought they would. But the only redeeming quality was... Man, that that got out of hand, and it could have got even more out of hand. It's an all-star break. These guys could have just packed it in and said, oh, screw this, man. Uh, but, but they fought back and, and cut it down to four. Uh, it still lost the game, but at least I appreciated that fight, especially in a week where most teams aren't really focused on playing that much basketball. The loss of Kevin Love is going to bring it down for me a little bit to a 3.25 <laughs> from Chuck's 3.75. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the it makes sense. The guy wants to play. I get it. And he's just not going to play on this this current Cavs team. But you hate to lose that leader on the floor and, and and maybe his experience in the playoffs coming up. But the week itself, they did what they were supposed to do against San Antonio. The Philadelphia game was absurd. They scored 74 points in the second half of that game. 74. Uh, they scored like 30-something in the first half. <laughs> not 38. Not great. 38, oh. yeah. Not great. That, that would have been a ridiculous comeback win. Um, that's the team that you're chasing. I guess, if anything, that second half, hopefully that kind of, it's another wake-up call, right? Like, all right, this we we got to play this team like it's a playoff-type atmosphere because this team's ahead of us by two games, 
And if we want to catch them, we can't play like they did in the first half. It's It's got to be the second half or nothing. I'm at a three, in part because of the loss of Kevin Love. Like It's kind of strange that it happened the way that it did. You wanted that guy around when this team made a run, and, and losing him was big. I was pretty excited for that 76ers game. I was really looking forward to the Cavs showing up the way they'd been playing for the last two weeks. And to have them not show up that way was kind of a bummer for me. So I, I do appreciate what Chuck is saying that, you know, you can be down 30 at the half of your last game before the all-star break and you can absolutely phone it in. Nobody's going to get that upset about it. Yeah. And they didn't. And so there's something there for the team that again, like I think JB can get these guys in the right mindset and they respond. And maybe we saw that in the second half of that game, but honestly I turned it off and went to sleep. So I didn't actually see that part of it. Moving on to to the Kevin Love thing. Were you surprised when the talk started about midweek last week that he was going to get bought out after the trade deadline passes and they hadn't moved him? Yeah, I was a little surprised, except I I guess if you look back at it now, that he hadn't logged any minutes in a game in, in quite some time, right? So I got the impression, reading a couple things, reading between the lines and a couple other articles that Kevin Love, I think, initiated that. Like, hey, makes I'm, sense, I'm, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, like I'd I'd like to go play somewhere. Uh, I'd love to be a part of this team, but I want to go somewhere and get some minutes and play. I still have something to give. So, you know, let's let's start this conversation. And I think it's one of those things that was probably a positive thing on both sides, you know, in that moment. But I was a little surprised because as we got through the trade deadline, I was like, all right, great. Kevin Love's on this team. He's going to start getting some minutes. They may not be meaningful, but we could use this guy in a playoff run. So yeah, it was, there was a little surprise. Chuck, what do you think of the move to buy him out? If it makes him happy uh, and that's what he wanted, then I'm all for it. I thought listening to you, Gerbs, most of the last couple of weeks, like they're going to stand pat. They're not going to make any moves. And I think they are. And if he's still here, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, like he's not the player he was, but he still has something to contribute to this team. And they really didn't talk much about his thumb injury. Wasn't it his thumb? Like maybe they're just trying to get him super healthy so he can chuck up a few threes and, and get maybe 10 to 12 minutes and help this team down the run. But if it's what he wanted, then I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm fine with it. Like not the player that we all loved during the championship run, but still uh, a good dude uh, for this city and the last guy on that championship team. So that's where it hurts. Like you're, you're, you're losing the last link to that championship. Like the, the city will probably love him forever. And I know they're going to, they're going to hang that, Jersey already, right? They already talked about retiring the zero, which is great. Nobody should wear zero fucking anyway on any franchise. <laughs> but ultimately, you're like, yeah, I mean, if it's if it's what he wanted, he still thinks he can play somewhere else. And God bless and, and go play and, and we'll see you down the road. I have a feeling it was probably something he initiated because he wasn't getting any time. And I don't think he was going to get any. I think his defense had gotten so poor that the Cavs just weren't going to put him out there. JB wasn't going to give that guy any real minutes when he can't play defense at all. I think JB would rather give those minutes to Lamar Stevens, knowing that Lamar Stevens isn't going to score anything, but is going to rebound and and play a lot of physical defense. Like Kevin Love, just at this point in his career, he can't do it. If it is Kevin Love who initiated it, then good move for everybody. Good move for the Cavs to say, hey, let's do right by this guy and buy him out. Let him go someplace where he can play. Sure as shit would have hoped they would have talked to him about like, hey, make sure you go to the Lakers or something like that. You know, please <laughs> yeah, right. don't go to somebody who might be a rival in our conference in the playoffs. 
but maybe there wasn't any choice they had in that matter. Sucks to see him go, but glad that they already said that they'd be they'd be retiring that jersey because I think that's deserved. So let's talk Cavs right now during the All-Star break. Are the Cavs better, worse, or about what you expected at this point in the year? I'm leaning towards better because they're 15 games over 500. I, I The East is better than I expected at this stage. That said, like I think coming into this season, I thought that this was a top four team in the East, and here we are. We're, we're at four. There's starting to be some separation. I, I think our ceiling might be three. Let's hope we don't sink to five. Better than where I thought they would be. I thought this was maybe a play-in team who was still trying to figure it out, and I think they still are trying to figure it out on the fly, but... You know, you're, you're talking about a team that that leads the league in double-digit victories for a young team. That That's pretty great and never out of a game. So way better than I thought they would be at this point. I'm with you, Chuck. I think they're better than I, I expected. I kind of thought with the East as loaded as I really think we all thought they were, it was going to be at the beginning of the year that, you know, if they could get to six, five, something like that, Maybe they end up in the play-in because there's just so many good teams. You know, we'd be happy with that. Phil, I think you're right. I think that they are they're locked in that four seed, I think, now with a shot at three, but uh, maybe asking a lot. I look at them as better than I expected for sure, even though I also think the East is better than I expected it to be. And good on the Cavs for where they are right now, and hopefully they keep it up. Why don't we look ahead to the last stretch of games for the season? Cavs have 21 games left. 10 of those are at home. 10 are against teams with winning records. But two of those games against teams with winning records are against the Nets, which might not have a winning record for very much longer. Uh, There's only one back-to-back left on the schedule. Are the Cavs getting to 50 wins? They would need 12 more in the last 21. Yeah, I think they get above 50. They have a pretty comparably, uh, it's in the low 20s, or not high 20s, I'm sorry, like remaining strength of schedule. Philly has the hardest schedule. So there, there could be a case made here. With Embiid might be a little bit hurt. The Celtics are a little banged up. Like the Bucks, Middleton never plays. They're a little hurt. Like this team with that schedule Maybe able to move up, not to just like three. Maybe that maybe they get to two, but I think they blow by fifty. Um, maybe maybe like 54, 55, just because of the way the schedule shakes out for them. There's the irrational Jason Gerber. We love to hear from everybody. <laughs> if you want, I can get him number one. <laughs> I don't think you can. I don't think they can either. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely getting a fifty. I believe, and I'm trusting my memory here. And usually that goes okay in our preseason podcast i predicted they would get 51 wins and i think they're right there like this is it 51 wins i'm looking at that for this season i like the confidence a lot i think there's a ton of winnable games in there and they're really not playing that many awesome teams down the stretch they got to play the 76ers a couple times i think they play the celtics twice too and after that the winning teams on their schedule are teams like the hawks or or the heat again or something like that where it's so, all right, this is a good team, but it's not one of these upper echelon teams. So I don't know if I'm willing to go to 55 or even 51, but I will give them I will give them 50, which is a huge step for this team this year. So if they 
win 50 games. And like I said, I think they're pretty much locked into that four seed. They will host a playoff series against the five seed in the first round of the playoffs. Nets, Knicks, and Heat are all within three games of the five seed. Which of those teams do you want to see the least in the first round? Heat. They always give the Cavs problem. They give everybody problems because we talk about how unorthodox that team plays. That'd be the team I don't want to see, especially with a uh, spark them off the bench, probably averaging 30, Kevin Love coming into town. <laughs> so, uh, no, it, it would always be be the Heat. I mean, the Knicks are playing better basketball, and the Nets, I don't know where they end up, but still, the Heat's the team that has been there constantly. I wouldn't want to see them. It's definitely the Heat. That is the, whatever it is, it's the matchup problem or whatever it is. Even before all these moves, the Cavs did not struggle against the Knicks or the Nets, really. The Heat give them trouble. They just do, so. It's clearly the Heat. I am 100% with you guys. I do not want to see the Heat anywhere in the playoffs. I hope something happens and they don't make it. Uh, I, I don't mind seeing the Knicks. I really think it's unlikely we'd see the Nets. Uh, so it's really going to come down to, I think, the Heat and the Knicks. And I don't like it, but I have a feeling we're we're going to be looking at the Heat. But let's not look that far ahead. Let's just look to next week. Cavs are back in action Thursday night after the All-Star break in Cleveland against the Nuggets, then on Friday in Atlanta and back home Sunday against the always pesky and annoying Raptors. Are the Cavs returning from the All-Star break with a winning week? Yes. I'm going to give them two and one in that week, and that that's pretty good given those matchups. That's best-case scenario, but I'm going two and one as well. I have them at two and one as well. Uh, and they, they need to be able to be teams like Atlanta and Toronto. They just need to. It's it's too late in the year to be dropping games against teams like that that are that are winnable. The Nuggets will be a tough one, man, but that'll be a fun game to watch once they come back. Why don't we move on to our first spring gardening? A weekly look at the Cleveland Guardians in spring training. Pitchers and catchers reported last week. Position players are all in camp. The first official full-team workout is Tuesday. This year is also a World Baseball Classic year. For two weeks during spring training, March 7th through the 21st, teams are sending players uh, to the World Baseball Classic to compete in the tournament. The Guardians have nine players who are going, including Andres Jimenez and Cal Quantrill, not an American, playing for the Canadian team. Who mm-hmm. knew? Cal Quantrill. World Baseball Classic in the middle of spring training. Do you think that's good or bad for the Guardians? Baseball, I mean, you can play it anywhere. So as long as they're getting their swings in and their pitching, and I'm fine with it. It's not like and like most of those guys, the two at least you mentioned, I'm pretty confident they're going to be contributing this year to, to the Guardians. So uh, why not go on the world stage where, you know, like, Hardly anybody's going to watch it anyway, almost as much as people watch spring training baseball, but I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, same, same. It's it's about reps at this stage. Unless some rogue manager for the Canadian team throws Quantrill out there for like 100 pitches. <laughs> <laughs> like, other yeah. than that, like I'm pretty sure they'll be okay. They'll they'll pretty much get in their reps that they'd be getting in spring training anyway, and 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 that's fine. I can't imagine any of these players are going to be used at a, at a greater level than they would be in, in spring training games. Yeah. I'm sure that they all understand that they're all on different 
routines and pitch counts and stuff like that. I'm sure nobody in the world baseball classic is allowed to mess with that kind of stuff. I actually think it's really good. Like it's just more competitive innings and stuff like that and competitive games during spring training when, I don't know, maybe some of those aren't that competitive. And and so why not give them a a little more time and a little bit more intense baseball play uh, to get them ready for the season? I'm, I actually think I, it's a positive thing, and I, I hope that it goes well for the nine guys. Most importantly, nobody gets hurt. Fellas, why don't we take our first break here? We're going to come back and just find out what else is going on in sports now that we're not watching football. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. We'll head out on the road, and it's a slow sports weekend. Our first with no NFL games. So let's look around and see what else is going on. Big news, of course, is the NBA All-Star Weekend happening this weekend. The game is actually being played tonight as we're recording. Last night was one of the big nights of the All-Star Weekend with the skills competition, three-point competition, and the dunk contest. Did you watch any of the dunk contest? As it was going on, no. But I did queue up all the important parts this morning while I had my coffee. How long did that take? Seven minutes. <laughs> I can't believe it was seven minutes. You're full of shit. <laughs> I had to get another cup. <laughs> seven minutes of my life. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't seek it out. I was doing stuff around the house, and I came up from the basement, and the wife was standing in front of the TV. So I did see. I think the last dunk in the second round, then the finals. So I did see part of it. I did not watch any of it. Uh, I didn't really miss it. I did watch the highlights this morning, but unlike Phil, I got the highlights that only lasted about 17 and a half seconds. You watched one dunk. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was about, that's about all they were showing and they moved on. I assumed that like there weren't very many good dunks in the entire thing. So Mac McClung, the NBA's version of Jack Harlow was plus 200 <laughs> to win the dunk contest. Was anybody on that? Should have been. No, I should have been. Yeah. So as I said, uh, the All-Star game is happening right now. This year, they picked the teams live, playground style, before the game. What did you think of that? It brought up some bad memories in grade school because that is my least. Uh, I was I was, and still not good at basketball. So I know they picked reserves first to try to soften the blow of going last uh, to this. But that didn't happen when I was a kid. So much like my jean jacket with suede on it that I didn't think was cool. Uh, and was embarrassing. It was also embarrassing for me to get picked last during basketball. So I'm I'm not a big fan of that. Just set the rosters before and, and save me the hurt of childhood memories. This is like a reality show. They picked in real time. So so who went last on either side? Do we know? So they picked all the reserves first, mm-hmm. and it was just Giannis and LeBron going back and forth, and then they picked the starters next. And so the last two starters that were left were. LeBron got uh, Jokic, and Giannis got uh, the hometown boy, our, our buddy Lori Markinen. So really, the two players that have the chips on their shoulders should be the last two picked in the reserve draft, right? Like in yes. the middle of all of that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's those guys. I want to track those guys the rest of this season. I want to see how pissed off they are. I thought it was fantastic. It was just funny to listen to the guys talk about like why they were picking somebody and stuff like that. And Giannis and LeBron kind of like 
warmed up to it as the picks were going and kind of got more into it and more into it and stuff like that. And so uh, Ernie Johnson hosted it. So, man, it was it was a good time. It was fun. It's a nice thing, man. Like, I like how willing the NBA is to continue to make changes to this to make it just like a little bit more fun. Whereas the NFL keeps making changes that make it their all-star weekend even worse. Um, So (laughs) at least the NBA has got that going for them. The over under for the all-star game was three twenty three and a half. Any interest? I'd take the over. I think even though I can't do the math because don't they split it up between quarters and everybody wins a quarter. They do. Birdies win, but yeah, I, I would take the over. Watching how little defense this has played, uh, even though most guys are shooting from you know the half court now, so still over, over for sure. They're at they're at two eighty five with a whole nother quarter to go. <laughs> two eighty five. So what was it? Three twenty something. Yeah, over. I took the under because I went back and looked at like the last ten years of scores, and in ten years they've only gone over three twenty three twice. And it was like they were each like six or seven years ago. So like they really haven't been scoring any points like this, but I'm not liking my bet right now. I have a feeling this is most definitely going over, but we'll see. Maybe because it's got this weird finish with the scoring and maybe they're only going to play to like 11 in the second or in the final period. That that would be helpful. (laughs) So what do you think is less likely to be called during tonight's all-star game? Traveling or defensive three seconds? Traveling. I think I've seen guys take six steps and they're calling it a Euro step on TV, but still, uh, though, I don't think anybody's playing defense in the, in, in the key anyway. So yeah, definitely the traveling seems like the safest bet. I don't think either one of those things are being called tonight. <laughs> so less likely, I, I guess tra- there's no way they're calling traveling on any of these guys, but if someone blows a whistle for a three second violation, it's great. It's going to be hilarious. I just looked up. There are actually referees on the court, though, so I guess that could happen. I think the only call is going to be out of bounds. Yeah, right. That's going to be the only thing, man. They're not calling any fouls on anybody. Um, they're definitely not going to call traveling. Have there been? Any I don't think anybody's throws? getting teed up, so I think that's going to be it. I think it's going to be uh, out of bounds. So in the first half, LeBron lo- logged an awful lot of minutes. Do you think he's trying to win the MVP to further solidify his legacy? Absolutely. There's he has so much left to prove. <laughs> uh yeah, he's a fing showboat, but I, I mean that respectfully. Like to see him do the uh, throw his own alley oop off the glass and then take a super deep three, like, hey everybody, I know there's young guys here, but I'm still here and blah blah blah. So I I, I wish he didn't come off the court to be honest. I hope he would score two hundred and eighty five of the three hundred and fifty to get to the over. <laughs> I have breaking news right now. There has been two free throws in this all-star game. Who who called a foul? <laughs> team, team Giannis is two for two, shooting 100% from the line. Two free throws in the entire game. Well, there you go, man. Somebody decided to D up and, and wasn't taking shit from anybody. <laughs> and sent him to the line. Uh, ref had to be so surprised to blow his whistle. Like, wait a minute, I think I got to do this. All right, well, that's already more than enough talking about the NBA All-Star game. Um, I just hope they find a way to start scoring less for the next 15 minutes. We'll see what happens. Uh, Let's move on and talk some baseball because potentially some big changes may be coming for broadcasting in Major League Baseball. Bally Sports may be heading to bankruptcy. Its parent company missed its $140 million interest-only payment 
to Major League Baseball teams last week. (laughs) This affects about 14 teams in the league, including the Guardians. If they don't pay within 30 days, teams can go out and find new buyers or Major League Baseball can come in and take over the broadcasting. There's probably really very little chance that games will not get broadcast this summer. But if the MLB gets to take over, they can eliminate blackouts and eliminate those limitations for streaming services to show games. So is this the first bankruptcy you've ever rooted for? (laughs) Other than somebody I played against in Monopoly, probably when I was a younger (laughs) man, they went bankrupt and I could by those properties under foreclosure. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm rooting for it, even though I have no rooting interest because I, w- I watch most of my games on uh, an app that will remain nameless. You don't think you'd feel better about watching it on a service that you pay for? No. I mean, I, regionally, I'm not going to get it is, is my guess because yeah. I used to get it. I'm on a, I'm a Hulu live guy. So I used to get it first year of Hulu. Then they kind of re-imaged the country. So now I get, Philly games somehow I am a Philadelphia market instead of a Cleveland market which is disappointing here's the thing though is if MLB takes over you can get them on the MLB app and they won't be blocked out like right now if you got an MLB subscription you probably would be blocked out of all of the Guardians games at home that's the change maybe that comes I don't know Phil what do you think are you rooting for the bankruptcy Going back to Chuck's situation, though, like he's paying zero dollars for the app that will remain nameless <laughs> to see all games. So I think regardless, he's he's winning. I'm winning. It doesn't matter. Like just keep keep going that route. Uh, in my case, being in the local market, I, you, you know what? I I guess I'm rooting for the bankruptcy. Sort of. I, I have I have Bally Sports app. I have Hulu Live, which has Fox Sports Ohio, which I think would probably pick up the games if the Bally Sports app doesn't. Uh, it'd be those two things. So. I'm going to watch all the games regardless. So I don't know. I, I want you guys out. I want I want my friends outside of the market to be able to see the game. So whatever that means is important to me. Root for the bankruptcy. All right. Yeah. Because Done. I have the MLB TV subscription for Guardians games for the summer, but I get blacked out whenever they're playing Detroit mm-hmm. because that's that's my market. Blackouts are really dumb. And I think yeah. Major League Baseball knows it. And I think they really are trying to do something to make sure that anybody who wants to watch it can watch it as long as they're paying somebody for it or, you know, they're they're watching all the commercials. Like, why not? So I, I have a feeling Major League Baseball, although they're not saying so, might have some fingers crossed here that this doesn't work out for Bally's and they can get some more control over this and then just make the product more available. So mm-hmm. go bankruptcy. would that affect the play-by-play guys like if bankruptcy happens and mlb comes in and says oh these guys are high-priced talent we can find some slugs to call these games we're not in danger of losing voices and play-by-play guys who we've been listening to for years on tv are we you know i have no idea major league baseball would be producing the games i'd be shocked if they would change guys that are in place already uh, but I suppose I suppose that's possible. Uh, what do you think ultimately is going to happen here? I'm surprised it's gotten this far, to be honest with you. Like, I feel like like someone's asleep at the wheel here in Bally land. <laughs> what is yeah. happening? You said 14 markets. I mean, that's that's a big deal. 
right? That's a big deal to their ultimate product. But if they're just a small part of this larger company that is struggling, and I think the Bally, the whole Bally Sports app, originally trying to marry that to the betting, like the in-game betting and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think that's happened. So I think what's going to happen this year is I think this is going to get tied up in the courts and MLB is going to take over and give us some sort of weird year where everyone gets to see their favorite teams on the MLB app or on, you know, sports time, Ohio, or wherever you're at locally, which will be a good thing. All right. Media guy. What do you think? I can't fathom an interest payment of a hundred and what million? What was that number? Interest only 140 million. Interest only. So what do you allow the principal if the interest is I'm not a math guy, but that's a sizable investment. If you're saying 14 markets are affected, I'm assuming they're all markets like Cleveland. Uh, so smaller market guys. So I don't think the Yankees got to be worried about it or the Dodgers no. have to be worried about it or the Cubs. Sinclair Broadcasting is a gigantic company. I assume they could come up with that scratch pretty easily, and maybe they're just building drama. I don't know, but if you can find 140 million in a couple of weeks, I need to be rolling with those dudes, man. Like I need, I have a few interest payments, like on this home that I could. I don't. Need, I need a fraction of that to take care of my interest on my fraction. house. Percent yeah. of a percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't even notice my mortgage payment right. going out of your yeah, annual right. broadcast payment for- from my house. Just pay my interest on my home loan. Well, I have a feeling that that's probably not going to be what happens, Chuck, unfortunately, although I would love for Sinclair Broadcasting to pay your mortgage. I have a feeling this all gets worked out somehow, but I really think the problem for Bally's is they paid a ton of money for cable rights to broadcast these games, and more and more fans are getting off of cable and going to streaming, and Major League Baseball has got to find a way to get those games on the streaming as they do that, it cuts down on the revenue from cable and that makes it hard to make your $140 million, you know, quarterly interest payments or whatever it is for these guys. Uh, So I don't know. It's troubling, man. I, if I'm major league baseball, I think I hate this. I hate the fact that people are talking about such a huge partner, not being able to make a payment to these teams. We'll see. But I think the good thing is to know that, there's no real chance that games aren't getting broadcast. Somebody's figuring something out. So these games will be on TV. Let's move on to something even more fun. Spring football is back. The XFL debuted this weekend. Did you watch? On accident. It was on. <laughs> I thought I was watching a replay of an, an old NFL Pro Bowl game. Like the way the uniforms look, they had like multicolored helmets and multicolored jerseys. I was a little little slow on the uptake. Like I didn't realize what was on the television until I'm like, Oh, this is live football. And then I changed the channel. So I did not really watch any of it at all. Kind of the same. I I, I turned on and Phil has Hulu live. So, you know, when you turn it on, it goes to the home screen and it's yeah, right. X and I'm like, Oh, football the week after the super bowl you would have thought somebody would have promoted that more heavily during the super bowl uh so i hit okay and i watched two run plays and that was enough and i and i changed the channel so i didn't see much but i saw a little i saw a little and i did read something real quickly that a a team called the brahmas it's like a bull um i don't remember where they were from but they lost a game by giving up 15 points in less than a minute or something like that. And I thought, all right, Aww. I think we have found our squad. <laughs> here's, here's our Cleveland no, Browns. Awfully familiar. <laughs> we know what these guys are like. 
All right. Well, I didn't really watch anything. You guys didn't really watch any of it. Um, I have no interest in spending a bunch of time talking about the XFL. So moving on, let's talk a little golf because Tiger Woods is also back. Tiger played his first competitive tournament in almost a year this week at Riviera in Southern California for the Genesis Open. Had a big day on Saturday. He was four under. It's his best round to par in three years. Today, he was not as sharp. uh, Two over in the final round, but one under for the week. Top 50 in a really good field that played this tournament. What is a fair expectation for Tiger Woods for the rest of this season? Fair expectation? Stay as healthy as possible and be somewhat competitive. I think we've been here how many times? It's almost countless now. It's been a year since he played. It's been two years since he's played. It's been three years since he's played. He's had a surgery. He's back. He came back too early. Uh, But every time he plays, people watch it or people lose their minds. Like I heard the the ovation he got uh, after he came off today. And it still tells me that casual fan somebody like me will turn on the television to see him play no matter what shape his body's in or how competitive he's going to be Uh, he's the greatest golfer i've ever seen and i'm hoping uh that in his advanced age that his body continues not to fall apart but maybe just sustains a little bit so he can be competitive at least in the big ones the ones we want to see him do well in i don't think there isn't anybody who who won't root for him if he's in the hunt uh, in a major on day four or even day three, he's he means so much to golf more than I think we give him credit for because we we follow it somewhat. But like casual people, they hear Tiger Woods. I want to see what this guy's doing, and I'm 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 so happy that he played well, uh, even if minus one. Okay, where where does that where is that finish for him? Was it a it was a top fifty? Yeah, he is top. 50. I mean, the winner. Yeah, John Rahm won it at like, it like 17 on 17. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I mean, like Tiger wasn't like super competitive, but he he hasn't played like right. that's it's a it's absurd that he made the cut. Right. Not played in a tournament in almost a year. Uh, so he's that's the thing is he's he's still Tiger. Right. Exactly. So even moral victories are huge victories. Uh, and I'll and I'll take it moving forward because. I'll be excited to play. I assume he's going to make the the cut for Augusta, right? Like he's going to, he's playing in it for oh, sure, right? Yeah, he has, I think he has an exemption to play whenever he wants because he's excellent. He's, he's won it. Phil, what do you think? You're a doctor. It's a fair <laughs> expectation for, for Tiger Woods. A fair expectation, I think, given the recent history is, can we get this guy in two or three of the majors? That, that would be good, I guess. That'd be more than fair. That'd be a, a very positive 2023 for this guy. And then let's see if he makes the cut. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Gerbs, he's, he's gone a year between tournaments. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this was the tournament that he actually played and then left and got into the car accident a couple of years ago. This was this was it. I, I, I think yeah. it was. Ooh. So there was some emotional uh, tie to that as well, I'm sure. But I don't know. Like I think if he can stay healthy to Chuck's point, and he's going to play and he's going to miss some cuts and he's going to make some cuts and people are going to watch because it's Tiger Woods. But if he can make the cut of maybe two or three of the majors this year, that's a big deal for golf. And that's what the PGA needs to just squash this whole live thing too, right? Like that, that that's what they need. I don't know if that's fair or not. I mean, that's your question. Is that fair for Tiger Woods? I think if he's healthy, yeah, 
That's fair. He can make the cut in two majors. Yeah, I really think it's a matter of health, of course. And it's crazy that like he looked he looked good on Saturday, like fluid and smooth and swinging well. And today, walking that course between shots, he, he looked like an old man with a back problem. And, you know, that's not good. But he was still competitive. Like, he was too over today. But I, I watched almost every, every hole he played. And he probably left three birdies that he normally makes out on that course. So, I mean, he still could have put together a decent score today. I think if he stays healthy, he can be respectable in the majors. I don't think he's going to play a lot of non-majors, but um, he'll play those. I would expect that he's still good enough to make the cut. And I don't know if he makes a run at anything, but I think he's there a lot on Sundays throughout this year uh, if he can stay healthy. So I know that we're all going to be pulling for that. I certainly am because uh, I love watching that dude play. So why don't we close out this segment with our bet stamp best bet and let's look ahead to the future in the PGA. Who is going to win the Masters? Your best odds right now, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, and Cam Smith. If you're interested, your best place, according to BetStamp, to bet on Tiger Woods would be points bet because they have him at plus 6,000. Oh, yeah. the Masters. It's worse than the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Tiger Woods is less likely to win the Masters than the Browns are to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that seems wrong. <laughs> He's won a Masters. The Browns have never won a Super That's Bowl. Right. That's, That's right. That's true. That's wrong. true. <laughs> yeah. All right. So given those guys who are at the top of the list early in the PGA season, who do you want to put your money on to win this year's Masters? I guess you get with a hot hand, right? The guy who won today, Rom, and what what are his odds for the Masters? Several of the books, according to Betstamp, have him at plus six fifty. Your best odds, though, would be at BetMGM. They have him at plus seven fifty. So a pretty big hundred point swing there uh, for John Rom, who had an up and down round today. But when it came down to the last few holes and time to kind of crush the guy who was close, he did it in like cold-blooded fashion. Like he looked really good at the end of the round today. So Rom, I think is playing really well and probably a pretty solid bet. Phil, what about you? I was thinking Rom or Cam Smith. What are the, what are the odds on Cam Smith? Uh, Smith is a long shot. A uh, few places on bet stamp have him at plus 1200 plus 1400 at Barstool Sportsbook would be your best bet for Cam Smith. You're definitely making some money if he wins that one, Phil. So I like those two guys cause they're young We've seen flashes like today for Rom, but but even in the past with Smith, we've seen flashes. But betting golf is scary to me. <laughs> like that yeah. seems like a like <laughs> oh god, there's a there's a whole field of people that you know. Okay, so maybe I'll take the long odds and put money on Cam Smith, but not a lot of money. Fair enough. I had uh, Tiger to have five birdies or eagles in today's round. So those three birdie putts that he missed were pretty frustrating to me because he <laughs> oh, finished with four. Yeah. Uh, I also had Colin Morikawa to finish in the top five. And on the 18th hole, a guy birdied it and pushed oh. Morikawa to six. Golf is nuts. Yeah, that was a bad one. I was going to go with Justin Thomas just because I think I might like him the most out of those guys that were listed. But nobody thinks Justin Thomas can win. 
Uh, according to BetStamp, he is plus 1,200 at the low end, uh, plus 1,600 at the Caesar Sportsbook would be your best odds for Justin Thomas. So in retrospect, don't take that bet. Don't get stuck in the clubhouse. Always keep BetStamp in your bag to shop the best lines for every bet. Get the best numbers. Get the best odds. Get the best with BetStamp. Well, fellas, why don't we wrap things up there? We'll take our final break. We'll come back and talk some tech. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment, and welcome to another From the Land Tech Talk. Tonight, we're going to talk about something I'm sure we barely understand. It's called ChatGPT. ChatGPT is the fastest-growing app of all time. In only two months after it was launched, it had 100 million active users. For comparison, it took nine months for something called TikTok to reach 100 million. Experts estimate ChatGPT receives 10 million queries a day, but there are downsides. It's not always right. It can be biased. It may make internet scams easier, and it can be verbose. So what the hell is ChatGPT? I don't know. <laughs> However, I engaged <laughs> with ChatGPT multiple times over the weekend. So how would you describe it? I would describe it as a very cold, calculating, cyborg-like relationship. <laughs> I tried I tried to win this AI's trust. I tried to dive deeper into our conversation, and the AI wasn't having it at all, at all. It's very cold and calculated. Answers only, no emotions. Chuck, how would you describe chat GPT? Uh, it's, it's the 2023 version of Ask Jeeves. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Jeeves was, was cool. <laughs> this guy sucks. It seems like I, I played around with it a couple of weeks ago uh, because I was writing something and I'm like, my brain isn't working right. And I couldn't, I'm like, it just, I, it didn't work out. Couldn't figure it out. I got all lined up for it and registered and then I kind of abandoned it. So today uh, when I played around with it, I'm like, oh, there's, there's some stuff here. And and there's way more than I think that I was, I was scraping the surface, trying to get it to be funny. And I, I don't know if it, if it ever was, but it seems like if I would have had this tool like in high school or college, like, oh man, papers would have been a whole lot easier um, <laughs> to type in something and then like plagiarism, huh? Just give it to me in a different way. And then I could submit that and probably make an honor roll. So neither of you actually answered what it is. Because we don't. Oh. <laughs> Chat it's GPT kinda. is a natural language processing tool made by OpenAI that allows you to have human like conversations with an AI chatbot. Basically, what I found was it's kind of like a Google search engine that gives you semi-conversational responses to your questions, but then can also interact not like a human, but not really like a robot either, somewhere in between. Overall, having worked with it now for a day or a couple of days or so, what do you think about like the interactions you had with ChatGPT? limitless what i was requesting from it wasn't anything that a normal human being probably would in a given day <laughs> uh so to know what it, what it's capable of uh and then it became somewhat scary that if i can ask this and, and it can give me what i'm asking for within like seven seconds 
And, and again, like fooling around with it, it's just another tool that I, I assume I would use more in my everyday life for some of the stuff I have to do work related, just because it can give a different perspective or write something a different way for me. Uh, because it's hard to say the same things over and over and over. But but ultimately, like if that many people are using it right now, six months from now, a year from now, two years from now, like it, it's it's going to be massive. And it's only going to get smarter, right? I assume it gets smarter with all the, the stupid shit people ask it or what, what we're doing for it and it can react quicker or better. Uh, so I, I don't I don't know where it ends up other than like, I wish it would have been around like 15 years ago. It would have made my life a lot easier. I cannot believe it got any smarter answering any of my questions today, but we're going to get to that in a little bit. Phil, what do you think <laughs> overall about your rea- or your interaction? What did you think overall about your interaction with chat GPT? I found myself in two very distinct arguments with this mother. I brought it upon myself to have this argument, but my overall interaction was, I, you've guys seen the movie, her, I was looking for the movie, her. It wasn't that like, there was no humanity, like emotion, none of that. And that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't need that in my life. I have real human beings for that. I kind of got the sense as Chuck alluded to, I got the sense, the more I talked to it over the last few days, the smarter it was getting regarding my conversations it was very polite i will say that through yeah. all of the arguments we had and i think i went two and oh in those arguments and maybe we'll get to it but it was very very polite in the way it answered or didn't have an answer for my questions it was remarkable to me how fast it could respond and also how well it understood colloquial conversational words and phrases you know if i typed in well, what about doing it this way it would answer it understood what i was saying and it would respond to my query in a different way uh, or if i said like like i told you guys before we started that i think chat gpt is a really stupid name so i told it go ahead and think of better names for yourself and it gave me a list and i wrote back well none of those are very funny think of funny ones and sh- I, I thought it was a she, so I'm going to refer to chat GPT as a she for the rest of the, for the rest of the show. Uh, and she responded with, okay, here's some funny ones. You know, I was like, oh man, like this is wild how quickly it's processing this in an almost interact, like human interaction type of way. Certainly impressive, but I kind of agree with the ask Jeeves level of Google (laughs) is where we are right now with the AI. The one thing I noticed was we all have friends like this and maybe, maybe I'm that guy in our group, but we have friends like this, that the way they respond is with confidence, even if it's wrong. I noticed that over and over again, like this is not factual at all. Like it it was awful, but the confidence was there. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) this this sounds good. This sounds good. So that, that could lead to some trouble to your point, Chuck, with like writing papers and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. And I have a feeling it already is um, because I'm sorry, man, there, there's no kid who's in high school or college right now that's getting assigned a paper that's not going to at least think sometimes right. about using something like this to do it. So experts believe chat GPT could replace people in tech industries, content drafting, research analysis, customer service teaching do you think something like that is coming soon or is it 30 years from now or is that never really going to happen i don't think it's 30 years from now soon is two to three years maybe in like 10 to 15 how quickly this can continue to adapt and and 
why why couldn't it be applied as a teacher or or whatever in a tech industry or literally any job if it can respond that quickly to inquiries? So I, I'd say within ten years, this thing is maybe under a different name since since you hate it so much, uh, but it, it could function uh, in any field at any time, and it never gets tired, and you don't have to pay it, and you don't have to pay for health insurance for it and its family. Uh, I, I think you're going to see a little bit more of this uh, than we would like within the next five to 10 years. And I would say this, that beyond just chat GPT, because obviously there are competitors, obviously there are going to be different versions of this, but just the idea that this type of AI thinking chat bot is something that could you know, start taking over these types of industries in the, at any time in the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years. I, I see it taking over kind of the IT helpline, the FAQ kind of industry, because yeah, I mean, that, that information's out there and to Chuck's point, like we can, we can ask, I can query like, wait a minute, how do I, how do I turn this alert off on my iPhone? I can ask this person rather than calling a number and this person doesn't get tired. I, I don't see it taking over like the teaching industry that we, we talked about this in the past. We all have our favorite teachers and and they were for reasons beyond information. Right. So I don't, I don't see it taking over the teaching industry because we need that, that human element, that discussion, that back and forth. I, I mean, at least I guess I'm hopeful that that, that continues, but I can certainly see it take over like the IT helpline kind of, kind of industry for sure. I guess my point is this, like three years ago, you could ask, Hey, Alexa, what's the weather like? And it would tell you now think about what you ask Alexa and give you any answer. How can this not be like, Hey, how do I rebuild this knee? Something that you do, mm -hmm. Phil. Or how do how do I better get flexibility in this? Or there's already AI that exists in my field that you have no idea if it's a human or not. They 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 can do talk breaks and radio, and it exists everywhere. I I think like we're we're drastically underestimating what this and any AI can do within the next five years. The the one system that has not been overhauled in however long is education, and it probably needs it the most. Uh, and it can make it more accessible, more affordable, and put any socioeconomic demographic on the same playing field, which doesn't and has not existed in our lifetime. That's where I see this kind of going. Like, and, and my sister's a teacher, and, I, and I've talked to her about this. Like, hey, like this is going to change drastically. When are you retiring? Because it's going to happen. Like, if you can get any answer at any point about anything in any in, in seconds from a, a piece of machinery. What, what do I need somebody to stand up in front of a classroom in front of 30 people and go open your books to page, whatever, you know, like it, I think that's, that's the next field that gets completely overhauled is education. I, I get what you're saying, but I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong because I, the nuance that's involved in the human interaction of the teacher and the student is so important, right? Like I've got, we all, well, you and I have young kids, Gerber, yep. your kids are out of school, but, but went through school. That that nuance that exists, I there is no AI for that. I think this can replace the Encyclopedia Britannica. You know, like okay, like here's a wealth of information. Where do I get information? I don't want to be dismissive of what you're saying, Chuck, because my fear is that that's exactly what's going to happen. Is yeah. that this will replace education, and it shouldn't, because we're human still. Do you guys need me around for this? Or you no, gonna, no, we got it. Want to keep going? <laughs> yeah, you guys, please. Got it. Huh? This is how I was looking at it as I was thinking about it tonight, is that we were around when the internet first really started to grow. 
like we're kind of like high school and like the beginning of college is when I, I first remember the internet growing and starting to hearing about all of these things that were going to change and it was going to change our economy. It was all this and everything was going to be different. And, you know, brick and mortar stores were going away because the internet was going to change all of that. We're going to do everything online. We heard all these great ideas right up front and it still took like 20 years for the technology really to catch up and to truly start changing things. And I feel like Chuck's ask Jeeves joke is perfect. Because I think that's where we're at with this type of AI. And so, yes, it has the potential to change a bunch of industries and a bunch of jobs. But, man, it's going to be a long time till we get there. This thing cannot replace a teacher if it's giving shit responses. Like, <laughs> that's not going to work. <laughs> um, and I don't know if it ever fully replaces all teachers or all education as we understand it, but man, does this become an amazing tool to assist teachers in what they're doing? Because I, I still think there's a, there's a human development side to education that you need a person there for. This won't work because this can't settle arguments. This can't make decisions. It can't make creative analysis that you need to have a human being looking at something to get it done. It can spit out a bunch of information to you, but that's it right now. What's it going to be 20 years from now? I have no fucking idea. It's terrifying, especially if it keeps getting smarter all the time. <laughs> yeah. Which is why we need to be out there asking stupid questions to get the thing dumber. <laughs> yeah. I think we did that. <laughs> I did that for sure. So I don't know, Chuck, what do you think, man? Am, am I still underestimating what this thing can do? I don't know if you're underestimating it. I think when, when we see anything for the first time, and it's only been around for, what, a couple months maybe, that that it's kind of come to the forefront in the past few weeks. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm trying to think, like, we think of what technolo technologically has advanced in our lifetime. It's been a lot, and it's been pretty quick. And it seems technology moves quicker as time moves faster and we get older. And maybe that's just a, a byproduct of us getting older, uh, because I'm sure our parents and their parents were the same kind of way. Like, oh, we're going to have flying cars. We still don't have flying cars. <laughs> Why do we have this stupid thing and no flying cars? <laughs> but, um, you know, my first MP3 player could hold 15 songs. That yep. was it. And 10 years later, it could hold 15,000. So if we're underestimating it in its application in our everyday life and what it can make easier, not just for us and then in a career path for this thing, I'd like to be proved wrong. But I think five years from now, this is a completely different conversation. It's only going to get better and faster and smarter. Everything technologically has in the last five years for us. All right, Phil, I'm going to give you the last word on the serious topics and then we're going to have fun. <laughs> I'm kind of on the side of that. We might be underestimating this technology. The day it becomes self-aware, we're all screwed. Yeah. And, and that's, are we careening toward that? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is it. I don't know if, if chat GPT becomes you know, our Skynet or whatever the hell it's getting there. Like if this thing can learn and grow in the next decade, there, there could be like anything, this power can be used for greatness in the hands of good people and will be used for just evil in the hands of other people right like i i like i i'm sorry there's enough there's enough yeah written word or movies or whatever we've seen to like that's that's the human tragedy of all this right like i i 
it's amazing and maybe we are under, underestimating it i shouldn't have asked it better questions well i think that's a perfect place to stop having a serious talk jeez <laughs> Let's let's get a little bit more lighthearted. So chat GPT has the ability to answer questions, write things like essays, songs, and jokes. So what questions did you ask and what did you think of the answers? I uh, ran the full spectrum. Uh, I asked sports questions. I asked hypothetical, could this happen? Uh, I asked for Seinfeld-esque insults. I asked for what it's like to be a father later in life, but be funny about it. Uh, and all of them were pretty good answers. You know, like it, it, none of it was like, oh, this, I actually tried to have it write a biblical verse in about Clever Lang versus Rocky, but it could, <laughs> it said it wouldn't do that. So it gave me a Bible verse that talked about perseverance, which is wasn't what I was looking for. So my follow up question was, could Clever Lang be Godzilla in a fight? And I didn't like the answer that it gave me. <laughs> <laughs> was it no? <laughs> Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could read its response. <laughs> it's highly unlikely that Clever Lang or any human being could defeat Godzilla in a fight. Godzilla is a giant prehistoric monster with immense size, strength, and regenerative abilities. Exactly. He is capable of withstanding tremendous amounts of damage and can unleash powerful atomic breath attacks that can level entire cities. <laughs> Clever Lang, on the other hand, is a skilled fighter, but he is a human being with limited physical abilities and no special powers. Even if he was able to land some punches on Godzilla, they would likely have little to no effect on the monster, who is much longer, uh, larger, and stronger uh, than any human. So I guess it was right there, even though I... Oh, yeah, that's a great answer, though. Like, yeah, you, yeah. you wouldn't get that answer right. from a normal human being. They yeah. all tell you to f*** off. But Chad GPT <laughs> no. is so patient. Like, no, let me let me really dive into this and figure it out for you. Here's yeah. your answer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I kind of ran the full gamut, too. I, I asked it questions about things like our Cleveland Guardians chances to win the World Series. I asked it about our podcast and, and how popular it was. I asked it to tell me some jokes. They were terrible. Some dad jokes. They were worse. I asked it uh, an important question, like, could a, could a cheetah, could a cheetah beat Tim Shantz in a race? Uh, and I got, a, I got a, I got a very, I got a very similar answer to the Godzilla Clubber Lang <laughs> explanation that Chuck just gave. That basically said, I don't know who this Tim Shots character is, but there's no way in hell that a cheetah would lose that race. So I argued a bit, but I lost that uh -huh. argument. There, there were a couple things like I, I, I asked it about. Uh, I asked it a simple emotional question, like, Are you excited that baseball season's almost upon us? And it gave me that answer. Like, I have no emotion. I am a cold, yeah. heartless AI, whatever the hell. And we went back and forth. And and I, I think I brought out some emotion in this thing. I did. Like, I at the end of it, it agreed to me that people could be excited that baseball season was approaching. <laughs> the argument, I, I, I'll, I'll bear you, the, uh, I, I will spare you the, the boring details. My argument for the From the Land podcast went back and forth, back and forth. And I ended it with, so you're saying there's a chance because it did agree. It did agree that there might be a podcast called From the Land that is about Cleveland sports and more hosted by Jason Gerber yes. by Phil Danko and Chuck Rambaldo. <laughs> but it was unaware, but it agreed there's a chance it's been a that chance. That podcast yeah. exists. I'm like, all right, so you're saying there's a chance. The other thing I asked it, and this is for outtake material, I will not go into this. I asked it a point blank question. Tell me everything you know about fat guy goes nutsoid. It gave me 
an amazing. I was probably got the whole thing. Yeah. Essay that was 100% incorrect. <laughs> oh no. It made it up. It had Tony Mandrich in the movie. Tony Mandrich, the line, the lineman. For God, the are Packers. we sure that he wasn't like the star? Oh, I'm pretty sure that movie okay. came out in 1986, <laughs> but it was hilarious. Yeah. I asked kind of the same thing you guys did Threw a bunch of different questions out there. Got some answers that were fine. Got some answers that were funny. Uh, her explanation of why the Browns have been terrible for a long time was pretty spot on, but like very hopeful that like, oh, they've had success in the past. They won a title in 1964. They went to the playoffs in like 2007 or whatever it was. You know, they they can still right the ship. Um, so I appreciated that level of optimism. The only real discussion I got in with her on questions was I asked the question of who was better, LeBron or Jordan. And I got this long answer comparing their stats and basically saying, hey, it's, you know, it's subjective. There's arguments on both sides. There's really no way to answer it. And so I responded, way to sit on the fence. And she responded, I apologize if my answer seemed like I was trying to sit on the fence. The truth is the question of who is the better basketball player is highly subjective and a contentious one. And so I said, then if I think LeBron is the best, I'm right. And then she said, if you believe that LeBron James is the better basketball player, then that is your personal opinion and it is valid. So then I said... Cool. I'm glad you and I agree. LeBron is the best. Exactly. And then she gave me this long thing about how she's an AI language model, not a person, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So, all right. I had a lot of fun with the write a song feature. Did you guys write any songs? I asked it to write a song. It was terrible. I, what I, what I did you ask her to write the song I about? I said, could you please write me a song about baseball? It was awful. It was awful. No good? Oh, no. She said thanks. Chuck? I asked her to write a poem about me being a 45-year-old male Swifty, and she did pretty well on it. Oh, nice. nice. <laughs> you got any highlights? <laughs> sure. In his prime of life, with many years to go, stands a man with love for music that's a glow. Taylor Swift is his muse, his heart's delight, a Swifty through and through, both day and night. Then it goes on and on and on. Uh, it mentions Shake It Off and Love Story, uh, and all that matters is how he feels. So it was pretty right on. Yeah, that's nice. nice. I like yeah. it. So I asked it to write a song about Bruce Springsteen, Kenny Lofton, and Jason Gerber having a beer together. <laughs> and it is outstanding. Uh, the, I'm not going to do the whole thing. Save but, it for uh, all the, ears. Can we save it for all ears? <laughs> well, first of all, it obviously knew who Bruce was. It 100% knew who Kenny Lofton was, that he played center field, that he played in the 90s, that he was like a speedster. But the chorus was... Bruce, Kenny, and Jason having a beer, talking about life with nothing to fear. They may be different, but they share the same soul. Three guys, one drink, and they're feeling whole. <laughs> That's like my dream. And then the the outro, the, the last verse is, uh, so there they are, three friends in a bar, having a beer and talking like stars. It doesn't matter who they are or what they've done. They're just three guys having fun. Thank you, Chad GPT. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, Scale of one to five, one being cute animals such as puppies, kittens, or baby chicks, five being dangerous animals such as bears, sharks, or snakes. The scale was written by ChatGPT. How scared should Taylor Swift be about this thing outwriting her? <laughs> Taylor Swift should not be scared yet. I'm going to put it at a two on that scale. That's the not scared end, right? 
Yeah. That's the yeah. puppies, kittens, and yeah. baby chicks. Yeah. yeah, we love those. <laughs> uh, Taylor Swift is a generational talent. I don't know if this is a generational AI. It sounds like it might be. So I'm going to sit right on the fence at two and a half. <laughs> there's some cute puppies, but there's also something terrifying uh, just a little further down the road. I'm going to go with how I feel about it right now. And I think it's about a one and a half. Uh, I have a lot of song options that were out there today with chat GPT and none of them were very good except for the one about me and Bruce and Kenny. So I think it's pretty low <laughs> on that scale. All right, let's, let's leave this thing on a high note. Chat GPT writes jokes, scale of one to five, one being Kenny Banya, five being peak Seinfeld. How would you rate the joke writing? I mean, I, I asked it to give me a few Seinfeld esque insults and the first one was like the the jerk store one. I'm like, that's I've already heard that one. So I was a little disappointed. And then it got to, if I wanted a comeback, I'd wipe it off your chin. It's like, oh, okay, that's, that's a little gamey. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Uh, your your chat GPT was way dirtier than mine. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you couldn't pour water out of the boot if the instructions were on the heel. And I'm like, oh, all right. So I I like the jokes, some of the stuff. And like I said, I asked it to be funny about asking what it's like to be a father later in life and some of them are really good so i wouldn't say headliner but you know like opener funny if you're going to a comedy show thanks for using a new scale sure i don't remember the scale but i'm putting it at a zero i've never given anything a zero in the history of this show even in the shitty garbage wine scales but i asked it simply tell me a joke and it told me why did the turn tomato turn red because it saw the salad dressing. I'm like, all right. I'm like, all right. Oh, all right. It's yeah, it's all right. I'm like, all right, tell me another joke. So it told me, it told me a joke that I read in one of my kids' books this week. Like, why did the scarecrow win an award? Because it's outstanding in its field. Okay, that's fine. So I'm like, all right, tell me a funnier joke. And then it started getting pissy with me. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was not, <laughs> I was the guy in the crowd for this stand-up comic booing, saying, like, say something funny, right? And it got pissy and uh, it said humor is subjective. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm yep. like, tell me a dirty joke. And it said, I can't. I, yeah. I, I'm I'm programmed to avoid yep. sharing contact that might be offensive. I'm like, all right, tell me a dad joke. And it ended with, why don't scientists trust Adams? Because they make up everything. And I'm like, all right, you're the worst comedian I've ever met. <laughs> I'm now asking you about Cheetos and Tim Schatz. <laughs> I had quite a bit more success than you did phil i would put this at a at a three on the banya to seinfeld scale during the sip of wine and gold first segment of the show the sutter home wine description the franzia with sugar let's go diabetes joke chat gpt wrote that hey. one. whoa i feel violated I, I asked it to write a joke about guys in their mid-40s and it's I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's, you know, you know, you're in mid forties when you start feeling like you're too old to be a hipster, but too young to be a retiree. It's like, we're in this weird middle ground where we're not sure if we should be drinking craft beer or eating dinner at four. Uh, I mean, we still think we're cool, but we're not sure if anyone else does. And I thought really that one was good. Like we still think we're cool, but we're not sure if anyone else does. <laughs> that was pretty good. I asked it to write me a one-liner about Terry Francona president lincoln and lizzo walking into a bar together <laughs> and it just said the bartender said wow that's a diverse crowd all right that's that not terrible. really a punchline at all <laughs> yeah. hero yeah all right so it's chat gpt ultimately just a toy right now or are we just idiots 
uh, we're idiots for how we're trying to use it, but <laughs> I'm assuming uh, there are much brighter people trying to use it for uh, smarter applications than than we were. So uh, for what we were doing, it, it supplied what we wanted, but I assume there's somebody out there who's taking it far more seriously, who's getting far more serious answers. Like many things in life, you get out of something what you put into it. So we are idiots because we're asking idiotic questions. I agree with Chuck. I feel like there's something here and people way smarter or people that care to take this way more seriously than us will be asking it questions that build its intelligence and answers some things. And I don't know what that catalogs, but yeah, on your question, uh, I think we're the idiots. Uh, no doubt. We are the idiots, but <laughs> my idiot friends, we are out of time. I'm hmm. out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning that last week McDonald's unveiled its new plant-based chicken McNuggets. With that news, ensuring the continuation of the McNuggets unbroken 40-year streak of never being made of anything associated <laughs> with a chicken. I hope you guys have a great week and let's get together and do this again real soon. Absolutely. <laughs> uh. Charlie. Hey man. Yeah, so, she's ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Look at all that. Look at all that hair. Holy yeah, she does have a lot of hair. You got a little ton, right, honey? Yeah, she's got a lot of hair. Not so much uh like she like let's spin you around so you can show the boys the back though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think that's what man. my hair would look she like. She gets that from you. <laughs> <laughs> but looking ahead. Uh, to the all <clears throat> that's not true we're not looking ahead yet <laughs> what a dumb thing to say baby don't look at me like that everybody <laughs> makes mistakes <laughs> the east is better than i expected at this stage um exactly charlie exactly right that's exactly yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> um no, Whitney, yeah, I, she should listen to the show. The baby talks on it. <laughs> you know, you're, you're talking about a team that... Thank you, sweetie. Uh, that, that leads the league in double-digit victories. Because the 76ers are really good. Are there, is there going to be a second half to the All-Star game? I don't know. <laughs> it's the longest halftime ever. Just it, ever. Like, the heat give them trouble. They just do. So, Charlie agrees with me. It's clearly <laughs> the heat. Maybe she agrees with her dad. Maybe. So, Gerbs, anything cool happened in the yeah. last few days? Anything important? Oh, boy. <laughs> anything life-changing? Do you want to hear the story? Yeah. yeah. All right. So, um... We were at the concert on Thursday night and we were, it was fantastic. We didn't do the thing with like, we had wristbands cause we were in like the general admission, like standing area right by the stage. And, uh, but normally you got to do wristbands if you want to get that close. And I was like, I don't feel like dealing with all that nonsense going down to the arena, like three hours early and getting a wristband and waiting to find out blah, blah, blah. Done it before we've been close before. So I'm just like, we'll just go whenever and, you know, we'll still be super close because we're in that first section. We walked in and 
there were like only like 40 or 50 people in the standing room section when we got there. Wow. So, I mean, we were 15, 20 feet from the stage all night long. Nice. We started chatting up with this, this couple standing next to us and the girl worked at a clothing store, um, on South Congress, which is just kind of like shopping and bar and restaurant area just South of, I guess they call it the lake. I thought it was a river in Austin, but, um, I guess it's a lake. And, um, she was telling us this story about how she works at this clothing store and Springsteen just walked in that afternoon. And was like buying stuff, and it was like kind of like a hipster joint. So they have like uh, a record player and vinyl, and like Born in the USA was like in the stack. He started going through, and he's like, "Hey, you guys have got really great taste." <laughs> so she's like, "It was so cool." Then he gave like everybody in the store tickets for the show and stuff like that. And oh, wow. so I'm like, "Wow, that's crazy!" And so like we had heard from somebody else, like, "Hey, check out South Congress." So we went down there Friday afternoon. We're kind of like walking around, you know, kind of bouncing from stores to bars and stuff like that kind of making our way back towards where we were staying and uh we're just sitting outside at a bar and like we we're facing each other and she was like looking past me towards the street and she's like i think that's bruce and i turn around and sure as fuck it's him like walking up the sidewalk so i was like that's him and i booked i ran <laughs> round the corner met him like at the corner and um it was fucking awesome man like i, I wasn't gonna like shake his hand like they've, they've had covid like we talked about last week like running sure. through the band um but man he stuck his hand right out big fucking smile on his face i shook his hand i was like oh man we saw you guys last night unreal show it was fantastic he's like oh thank you you know i said something about how we had um like we came down to Michigan for the show and he's like, Oh, that's great. I think you caught a good one. I really thought, you know, like we sounded good last night. I'm like, yes, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> sounded fucking awesome. And I'm like, Oh, this is my wife. And by then Tammy had come to, she wasn't outside the bar area. She was kind of up against this wall still inside the bar area, but it's all like open. And uh, I'm like, Oh, this is my wife. And she's like, gosh, you guys are so great. You know, you left it all out there last night. And he's like, thank you. Thank you. And it's at this point that um, I made a joke that I thought him and I should be best friends. Now, I think <laughs> I think he kind of got the joke. I think kind of smiled and nodded like, yeah, whatever, buddy. Tammy's like, I don't know, man. I think he was kind of put off by that. <laughs> um, but we, we, talk, we just kind of chatted about nothing for a couple more seconds. Then he's like, all right, hey, what do you say? To, we get some pictures. And I think that was him kind of being like, hey, I, you know, I got to get moving down the street, buddy. I'm like, okay. You know, and so we... We took the pictures and um, like we shook hands again and I told him like, I'm like, I know you've heard this a thousand times, but like your words have carried me through some really low times in my life. And I'm so blown away that at like the end of your show, you thank all of us because I really want to thank you. And it's like, oh, that's great. That's great. And that was it. And he walked away. And then like I came down and like, I can't remember if I. I probably cried like a little bit, but I just like stopped and put like my head down on this brick wall that was like on the outside of the bar. I'm like, I can't fucking believe Amazing. that just yeah. happened. Yeah, right. I can't Absolutely. believe I met that guy. So I didn't want to talk about it during the show, but I had chat GPT 
write a rap about Tom Burke dancing with Obama at a wedding? (laughs) All ears for sure. (laughs) Did not disappoint. Oh, man. I'm asking the wrong questions for sure. Tom and Obama, they're making a scene on the dance floor. They're living the dream. The world's watching. Can't believe what they see. Tom and Obama dancing so free. (laughs) Tom's got moves. Obama's got style. They're both killing it, going wild. The music's loud, and they're feeling the vibe. Tom and Obama, unstoppable, side by side. <laughs> uh, I really like the songwriting feature the best. Um, and you know what, Chuck? I asked it if um, if Taylor Swift was a generational oh, talent. Yeah? And it said, basically said, yes. Like it didn't even like mince words a little bit. It's it's like lots of people consider her to be, but you know, she's this, 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 and this. And so of her generation, she is one of the most successful like musicians. I'm like, all right, Chuck was right. Science said so. So I I asked it if Springsteen was one of the, was the greatest rocker of all time. And it's no way to give you that answer, right? It wouldn't commit, but it did say commit. Being that he's in the Hall of Fame, he could certainly be considered. Yeah. Like, all right. But the yeah. arguments I got, and I won't read you all this, but I got in two arguments. One was about baseball. One was about our podcast. And about baseball, all I asked was, are you excited that baseball season's almost upon us? And it gave me some bullshit answer. And I said, baseball's the best, right? And it gave me some bullshit answer. <laughs> and it said, some people consider baseball slow paced and unexciting. And my response, I was so rude. You're slow paced and unexciting. <laughs> my response was really rude. I said, slow paced and unexciting. You're certainly taking a lot of liberties with the word intelligence, aren't you? <laughs> this is widely known amongst all of my college buddies, and they all think I'm an idiot, but they're yeah. all wrong. They're all wrong. Um it's you've uh, seen you're a Seinfeld fan. The man hands run, run it through Chat GPT. Way different. Make her Way wear different. Gloves. How is it? Different? Wear gloves. It's not the whole hand. It's one finger. It's the captain. That's it. It <laughs> oh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, oh no. The no rest way. of her hand looks just fine. I'm actually surprised she hasn't had that work done. <laughs> increase her pool of of guys who'd be interested in her. Oh. <laughs> This is a thumb. It's not even. It's a pretty important part of the body. Part this of the is body. exactly barely part of the body. Barely, it is a really important part of the body, and it's exactly why I can't date her. Important for what? <laughs> Thumbs up, hitchhiking, all sorts of things. Game. Well, actually, I think an opposable thumb is kind of how we, <laughs> yeah. you know, became better than monkeys. <laughs> no, 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 monkeys have opposable thumbs. <laughs> True. <laughs> better than but dogs, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we separate ourselves from dogs. <laughs> that and most of us don't eat. You ever, own... you ever see a dog try to use a screwdriver? Mm. No, exactly. No. I don't know. I don't know that. <laughs> not well. I think she could do real well with it. Get a good grip on it. I don't know. I bet you that her thumb moves the way a normal thumb does. It just looks. Gosh, you know, I'm gonna look at mine. I feel really bad because she's actually gone out and like she's actually gone out and said that this is a problem that she's had in her life. Like it's really caused her a lot of anxiety and oh, shit. Are you being and real about this? I am, I am, oh, I, yeah, I am, I am. Do you think her big toe looks like a thumb? Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so you'd be into that'd that. Be awesome. <laughs> 
that would offset oh it. Maybe. I don't know. Why didn't I scroll past the images in Google? Apparently, it says toe thumbs. Do you? <laughs>